Gotta get your brain right if you're trying to make a million dollars. If you ain't gonna do it for yourself, then do it for your mama. Only stay surrounded by them people if you know they solid. Elevate your hustle up today to double up your profit. Trying to learn some game, it's every y'all gonna talk about it. No Deanna, speak that shit that everybody vouching. Ain't no more excuses valid. Get up off the couch and get up in your bag. To your bank account, need an accountant. Yo, 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 welcome back to the greatest show on earth, the Million Dollar Mindsets Podcast. I am your host, Xavier, sitting here with the wonderful D. D, what's up? Nothing much. Thank you for that introduction. How are you doing today? I'm feeling good. I'm feeling great. I, I, I just needed a haircut. That's why I got this hat on. But other than that, <laughs> I'm feeling good. But uh, before we start this show, as always, I'd like to advise everyone to please like, subscribe, leave a five-star rating and a review. Get those likes up, get those subscribers up. We're trying to, we trying to keep boosting that. So if you guys could do that, we greatly appreciate it. And getting right into the show, what's up? Heads. <laughs> uh, oh, my so, bad, my bad. Oh, uh, you all good. Um, so we're good. Yeah, so this week, uh, if you guys don't know, we mentioned on last week's episode, but we are having a sale for our crypto guy and our real estate guy over at Millionaire Mindsets Academy. You guys can go over there. You can start investing today in real estate and in crypto for only $75. So you guys, make sure you go ahead and check that out. It's a ton of great information. We really took our time with those courses and gave you guys the blueprint on how to do both, how to purchase your first investment property and how to make that very first investment in crypto. So go ahead over to the description to click on that link and go purchase the guide. Again, for both, it's $75. Or if you only need one of those, it's only $50 until the end of the year. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the link for that is in the description as always. So um, getting right to the show. So today we got a very very special guest man we got this gentleman what, what's this the what's this three four, four i think now it's four yeah, yeah i think this is four man highest, this is, highest guest count yeah yeah this is the young legend man every time we have him on people love it and they always want to come back because his story is amazing he's he's young and he's killing in business we super super excited to have him here y'all don't know what i'm talking about i'm talking about my guy dawson gant Welcome back to the show, bro. Thanks for having me again. Uh, this is by far one of the favorite podcasts I've ever been on. It's always love, uh, not only from you guys, but from your followers and uh, your engagement and everything. So yeah. love to come out here and tell my story and help out a little bit, drop yeah. some game. <laughs> definitely, man. Definitely. And uh, this is the first time you've been in the studio on video. So I know there's going to be um, a lot of people that's watching and listening. It's going to be their probably first time hearing it because we got a lot of new subscribers and people that tune in now since we went visual. So for the people who may not be familiar with you, do you mind just giving like some background on yourself? Yeah, so uh, like they said, my name is Dawson Gamp. I'm 22, I'll be 23 in January. I'm getting old now, we were talking about that earlier. <laughs> uh, I think my first time I was on the podcast, I was 20. Um, I think so. Yeah, 20, 19 or 20. You might be 19. We, we've been 19. together for some years. Yeah. Uh, I got started, my, my first business venture was real estate. I was a real estate agent at 18. As soon as I turned 18, I went and got my license scaled that business up to uh turn it into a wholesale company at one point in time i had 15 to 20 people in an office and we were doing multiple seven figures a year um and when i turned 20 21 i was like man like i want to get into other businesses so i turned into a serial entrepreneur started investing heavy started doing some some other things outside of real estate um and then as of late we've got into the managed services company where we help a ton of people sell on uh multiple online platforms in the e-commerce space but uh yeah we it's been a really really long ride we talk about it all the time you know we're friends outside of this and say Mm -hmm. man it feels like we've known each other for 10 years but uh i've been busy and we're always growing trying to trying to get even more busy um but yeah started in real estate got some other ventures going now we're in the crypto space we're in the uh, managed service space still in the real estate space still Matter of fact, I had one close a day for two hundred thousand dollars profit, which is okay, something okay. nice this week. I needed that, <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, you know, uh, still still heavily involved in that as well. But you know, okay, okay, no, I, I I love to hear that. And uh, let's talk about because I know now you're going crazy with the um, automation. You talk Walmart, Amazon, y'all didn't turn y'all didn't take the game to a whole nother level. So how what was that? Um, how did you even get into that? First of all, Let, let's start there. Yeah, so I was uh, speaking at a conference in Atlanta, Georgia, and met my now two business partners, Brandon and Tyler, um, and was trying to get into the business. I was like 19, 20 at the time. Uh, I wanted to have my own Amazon store because I saw all these people, young cats making money, and I was like, damn, like an extra five, 10 grand a month. That sounds really good. I'd love to get a part of it. So they spoke, and um, we had some good conversation afterwards, and I told them, like, hey, I want to get a store. Uh, Ended up flying out to Arizona where I live now. 
sat down with them and saw, you know, where I could potentially be a huge value to them. So I said, hey, look, I want to help you guys out. I want to help you guys scale this. At the time, they only had like 100 stores. Right now, we're last time we checked, the census was like 700 right now. So I think even last time mm-hmm. we were on April, it was like in the fours. Yeah, so we, so. um, there's been some growing pains, obviously. But, uh, yeah, we, we kind of clicked up. And I first started by getting a store with them and making some money. And then I then started telling my friends about it, you know, like say, hey, like I'm in on this this investment. You should get one too. And then like two or three friends got one. I'm like, all right, now I want to be a part of the company. I've, I've added some value to them. Uh, how do I get a part of this and how do I help you guys optimize and scale? So that happened like, gosh, three years ago now. Um, so I, yeah, when I was 20. And then from then we've, we've got a warehouse, a 50,000 square foot warehouse in uh, Scottsdale, Arizona. We've got 15 employees. Um, and several hundred employees that are virtual and we help hundreds of people, you know, make a little bit of money online. So for the people who may not know exactly what a Walmart or Amazon automation store is, can you break that down? Yeah. So what we've done and what we really, our name is done for you commerce. So we're doing everything for you. Uh, that was kind of why we decided that name. Um, what that entails is, you know, you as a consumer, want to start selling on either marketplace and you don't maybe know, Hey, I don't know what products, I don't know about uh, product placement. I don't know how to procure products. I don't even know where to list them and how to list them. And when those buyers are hitting me up at 2 AM saying, Hey, does this toothbrush work for X amount? And we're like, what? Uh, you, you need someone to handle that. So I don't even know how to hire. So what we do is we take that and take all the hands on, um, sweat stuff, you know, the sweat equity for, for lack of better terms. And we do it for the client. So, uh, you know, each store is going to have three to 400 products on it that you're going to be able to, you know, margin about 20 to 30% profit on. And we're going to fulfill those orders. We're going to procure those orders. We're going to take the pictures of the product. Uh, we're going to find the supplier. We're going to answer those buyers questions. So it's really hands off for our client. Um, but what we use our client is our, their credit, right? So we're able to float product for two weeks because Amazon and Walmart, they pay out every two weeks. So if I sell a 12 pack of, uh, a 12 case of this water for $10 and I had to pay my supplier $6. Right. I need something either cash or our own capital or our client's capital to float that $6 purchase until Amazon or Walmart pays us out that $10. And then obviously 10 minus six, your $4 profit. Mm, mm, okay. Okay. And you, you was well, uh, on the way here. You was telling me how you got one client that you said they made a lot of selling. What was it? Kitty litter. Kitty, Kitty litter. litter. Yeah. <laughs> how, how much yeah. was it? I think he uh, grossed about eight thousand dollars in his first seven days. So yes. month one, he made about eight grand profit uh, selling kitty litter. So I mean, so how crazy. do you even identify like? You know what I'm saying? This is, let me go with this product. This is a good product to go with. And that's a lot of what we do in-house to make sure that we are selling winning products that are going to continue to win. We have a uh, team of five guys in office that are consistently searching uh, for winning products that we can purchase from suppliers. And they're using a ton of data points and metrics, as well as some in-house software that we just got finished developing uh, to, to potentially predict those winners. And then that way we can buy them at a lower price and get them sold. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's a lot of household items. We like the general use items because regardless if you got a million dollars today or $5 tomorrow, you're still going to need to brush your teeth. Your cat's right. still gonna, for the cat thing, it's still going to need kitty litter to use the bathroom. Still got to pay your rent. Still got to wipe your ass, all that mm-hmm. stuff. So we want to sell those commodities because even though maybe I can't get a 60% margin on it, if I can make 20, 30%, but I can sell a thousand packs of kitty litter a month, it's still really good money. That's definitely good money. So for the individual who made AK in his first month, is that pretty typical or what does it look like for someone getting started? Yeah, so typically um, that that was a really good month. That client was our ideal client. You know, they had uh, the upfront capital. They had a large amount of credit available and they followed all of our, you know, instructions, right? They were, they were really on it. Um, so he was able to take off a lot faster than what our typical client sees. Um, most of our clients are going to see like a ramp up here. That's why where we're kind of taking our time and scaling the store because we want to, again, this is a long-term play. This isn't a get rich quick scheme. Mm-hmm. So we would rather you sell a little bit less in the first month, but sell for the next 10 years versus make a million dollars the first month. And then Amazon or Walmart kicks you off. And that's a huge thing right now. You know, Walmart, and Amazon suspensions, things like that. But a typical client in the first six months may profit between one to $5,000 a month. And then after six months, which is our, you know, uh, full, growth period, our full scaling period, that store's matured. Uh, all of our clients, you know, f- to be even one of our clients, what what our metrics are for our clients, we want them to make between five and $10,000 a month wow. net to the client. Um, and the only variable then, after we've matured your store, 
is that credit availability, right? Mm. So we have some clients that have $10,000 in credit. We have some clients that have $100,000 in credit, and that only allows us to buy less or more product, meaning your profit's going to be a higher number. The margin's about the same, but the ability to buy more product obviously increases that bottom end profit. Mm. Another question. So when you guys start the store for someone, or essentially they start their new Mm. business, do the products they sell become branded to their business, or are you just simply reselling other products? So the easiest and safest way is to resell because Mm -hmm. they don't hold any liability. But we are currently doing our own private labels Mm -hmm. in-house. And it's great if you have a ton of money. You know, we've got over a quarter million dollars invested in our first line of nutraceuticals, mm-hmm. but we also have to have a full team of legal counsel because if someone, nutraceutical meaning like a, a vitamin pill, right? What yeah. we're doing is called Night Shred. It's, it's melatonin and it's a couple other ingredients that help you lose weight while you're asleep. So it's going to be a hit, but we have to think about what if someone chokes on it, you know? So we have to have a legal team that says, okay, well, what if we get sued for this or sued for that? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's like a little bit harder to scale and scale fast. So what all of our clients are doing they're reselling uh, tried and true products that have already passed through that. You know, a lot of our products are Procter & Gamble, Johnson & Johnson, Clorox type things. Uh, Kitty Litter was a Johnson & Johnson product because we know that, A, if something goes wrong, that's going to be pushed to Johnson & Johnson, not our client, because okay. that's still a Johnson & Johnson mm. product. And it's tried and tested. We know that Johnson & Johnson is not putting razor blades in Kitty Litter. You know, we don't have to worry about that. Uh, so for our clients, that's a lot easier and it's a mm-hmm. lot scalable and it's a lot cheaper because they don't have to do any R&D. Uh, what we're doing for our clients is we're finding it at a supplier price and letting them sell at retail, a lot like wholesale and real estate, which is why I like the business. Right, Because right, I right. can agree to buy it from a supplier for X amount. I can say, hey, Procter & Gamble or Dasani, I will spend a million dollars with you this year. And our company signs that dotted line and says, if we don't spend a million, if we spend 900000 we have to write you a check for hundred grand. And then we allow our clients to buy those products mm-hmm. uh, at a supplier price versus having to pay the retail price. And that's how we find those margins. Okay. Mm, okay. I, I want to ask this. So, like, how did you, like, become so business savvy at 22? When most 22-year-olds would be uh, seniors in college at this point, you've already been in business for years now, experience, made a lot of money. Like, what? Like, how did you become, how did you, how did you do those things so, so young? Yeah, I think that we, we talk about this a lot in the office and then obviously on other podcasts. My, my ability to just say, hey, we're going to run this play and try it is what's allowed me to get so far ahead because Ooh. there's a lot of people that say, hey, you know, I got this investment opportunity. I got this, this business I want to start. I don't know. Is it worth the risk? Um, my ability to say, okay, we're just going to risk it and I'm going to bet on myself because at the end of the day, let's say I lose some money. I know I'm going to be able to go make it back. Um, and I know I'm going to show up every day and make it happen. So that's proven to give me a lot of head start because when people maybe took six months to decide if they want to start a real estate company, I already got licensed to hire my first acquisition guy. You know what I'm saying? And that six months compounded over 10 businesses gives me a whole hell of a lot of a head start. Mm. That's really, I I think about this every time we're flying or anything like to another podcast or to like a, a, anywhere I have to speak. I'm like, wow, how, how did I get here? I even talked to this with my therapist, you know, like. How did I get so far? Because it, it can also be a little scary. Like, is this, a you know, an accident or is it just luck? But that's the one thing is, like, whenever I'm given an opportunity, I, t- I take advantage of it. Mm, they say success loves speed. You, um, you, you agree with that? Because you move fast. Fail. 100%. Yeah. yeah and, and even when I fail, because everybody does, I fail fast and I'm, I bounce back. Bounce back. You know, you can lose a ton of money today. But if you fail today and you get up tomorrow to win... That loss is really far back in the month, you know, two months, three months. Mm. Nobody remembers it. No, that's a fact. Because you even, what you, you had a, um, what you, you had a car dealership too, right? Yeah, we did. We have a car dealership. Uh, I, we, we just, Angel invested in that. Okay. Um, and, you know, that's proved its own issues, you know. Like, I'm, I'm part car dealership manager now. You know, I'm on the phone with that. But it's, you know, again, it was like a really good opportunity. We ran the numbers. We're like, okay. Can we go start a car dealership for this this cash injection? Probably not. Right. We know what they do in, in revenue. We know we're gonna get paid back in six years. Worst case, so we never grow. So we did it. Mm. You know, and now we get to a discount on cool cars and stuff like that. What kind of cars do they, they sell? Sell mostly Porsche, Ferrari, McLaren. Okay. Um, okay. Okay. So you can you can you can the deals. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I, I even got to. I just bought that new white Ferrari. I got it at auction. Gotcha. Saved like forty grand. You know, so it was it was cool and it's more of a passion project. I've mm-hmm. been big on that lately too. Is like doing stuff that I can be excited and passionate about because when I, when I transitioned to the e-commerce thing, I was really, I still am very passionate and excited about that because I can help so many people and real estate was really like a one man game. 
you know, like I, you can build a real estate portfolio, but you're never really going to help anybody unless you're giving out free rent. We all know that's not happening. Mm-hmm. So stuff that I can be passionate about, I'm passionate about cars, not necessarily because I want to help people just because I like cars. Uh, I see that I, I succeed a lot faster um, because I know that I have a passion behind it. And the days that it sucks, you don't want to wake up because other stuff's happening. Right. Life's depressing you. Shit's happening in your personal life. If you're passionate about what you're in and you go up and do it, it does help you. Don't necessarily have to be passionate about everything because at the end of the day, money's money. Money, But it does help on those days. And and I've been able to do the things I wasn't passionate about to get to the place now where I can be passionate about the things I'm entertaining. Mm. I remember, I remember, um, I think that was the first time we had you on. You was like, when you pulling up to a lot of your projects, they thought you was like a trust trust fund kid, oh, yeah. one of the kids. <laughs> Is that still the case now? No, I, I feel like now my reputation started to precede me a little okay. bit and people know who I am and, and you know I brought everything in house, so now we do it like you we're on the in the car on the way here, my contractor's calling me saying, Hey, I'm handling this. So now I've built a team with a bunch of young guys that work for me and with me. So now I don't have a project I walk onto that they don't know who I am because they know me because they're part of my company. So I brought so much in-house to save money and to kind of monopolize everything. So now, you know, I buy a piece of land, my construction team builds the house, my real estate team sells the house. Mm-hmm. And and the only thing I'm missing really now is a mortgage lending company, which could be in the works, you know? So yeah, you never know what you, you might, yeah. you might have yeah. one by January yeah. or something. Uh, something I want to ask you on on the um, same terms as that is like, what did that look like, or what were the challenges with getting everything pretty much essentially like vertically integrated in your business? Yeah, so I mean, the biggest thing is personnel, and I'm sure you guys have experienced that in life too. Uh, personnel is very, very hard to find. To find guys that you can, people in general, not just guys, guys and women, you can put into places of leadership. They're going to carry those key cultural values mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Because like a guy that builds houses. And, you know, a data analyst for our, for our e-commerce company are from totally different walks of life, but you have to get them to come in as a, a vertical integration and work together, you know, mm-hmm. um, and be a part of the same culture because the culture is what we started. So my, my foreman on a project has to have the same culture as a guy mm-hmm. doing data analytical stuff. So, it, it, you know, it's tough. Um, but once I got, you know, was able to build a culture and, and take care of my people too, I think this year I've spent more on cars for employees than I have for cars on myself. That's a bore. Yeah. I mean, like, knowing the cars that I drive, right? it's phenomenal. I mean, like, but I started to think about that. I was like, it doesn't matter if I pull up in a Lamborghini if my top guy is driving a Honda Accord that barely runs. You know, for reputational and optical view, if I pull up in the Lamborghini, that's one thing. But if my my best guy is driving a beater because he can't afford it, that says more about my reputation, about me, than the Lambo. So now, I mean, like, my best guys drive brand new Teslas. My, my foremans have brand new trucks. Uh, we got... That's dope. But, you know, it, it has skyrocketed our ability to profit on things because my guys are happy to work for me. Mm. You know, they, they're thinking, like, damn, yeah, I can go do the same thing and make a dollar an hour more. But boss isn't giving us a brand new Tesla. <laughs> I don't get the... You know what I'm saying? So, but it also was like an ego thing for me. I wanted to make sure that the people that were around me were the image that I would want to be. Like, I want to pull up and all my people have brand new cars and have Rolexes and stuff like that. I want to put my p- people in a position to earn that stuff and to, to enjoy that type of wealth. Because at the end of the day, like, I've got two supercars now. It's not that exciting for me. But, like, when my best oh, guy buys his first supercar, that'll be way more exciting for me. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, damn, I put him in a position to do that. Now, not only does he get to experience it when he's riding passenger with me, he gets to experience it in real life. Like, it's his car, you know? So that's important to me now. Like, I'm thinking about who can I impact. Mm. So just just so for the people that's listening, because people like, you know, people love when people talk their shit a little bit. So what um what's your fleet? What cars do you got? So right now, I've just bought that new uh, Dodge Ram TRX, the, like, Hellcat motor truck. Because oh, I needed it daily for my dogs. Um, I've got the brand new. I mean, about a brand new unit daily for his dogs. I, I wanted to put them in something, and they couldn't ride in the Lambos. So I've got... Uh, <laughs> And this hey, is, this I know it hilarious. sounds like it, but this is real life. Uh, <laughs> I just bought my dream car was a brand new Lamborghini Huracan. Okay. And then we shipped it. Oh, you got the Huracan? Yeah, the white one. Oh, damn. Uh, I knew you had the truck. I know you had Oh, the- yeah, I got the white one too. I got the truck as well. Um, <laughs> yeah, I knew you had the truck. Well, I shipped it to uh, Murrieta, California, Sheepy Racing, and we did a full, it's a $150,000 twin turbo kit. So oh, it's, it's the fastest Lamborghini on the West Coast right now. Oh, my God. So, like, they, they, they get the car for me, they take it to races and stuff like that. So I've got that. <laughs> Uh, that car doesn't have cup holders. So I made a joke with Tay. Uh, I was like, bro, I got to buy a supercar with cup holders. So I went and bought the Ferrari, Ferrari 488. 
Okay. Because it's the only Ferrari that has cup holders. Uh, Lambo doesn't put cup holders in cars. Yeah. So I was in there like with my Starbucks going to car meets and shit. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, what do I do? You, you imagine that I'm, funny as hell. you spill uh, on a $400,000 car, you spill coffee. You're like, damn, like, what am I going to do? So I went and bought the Ferrari. So now I got the Ferrari. I've got my Lambo. So I've got those two cars. They're both white, red guts. I've got like a little trend. I've got my TRX. My dad just got a brand new car. Uh, uh, F-250. My foreman drives a brand new F-250. My top COO drives a brand new Tesla Model uh, 3 Performance. He's getting a McLaren next month. Okay. And then uh, I got the red Urus. I just sold that because I made like 50 grand on it. And then I've got another Aventador on order, but it's like 12 months out. So, But that's the only thing I like. That and watches. You like like cars and watches? No, that's that's crazy. You said you 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 want to buy the... um, Ferrari, because the Lamborghini had cup holders. And it's a real problem. That's the first world issue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm talking about problems. Yeah, you're hey, seriously, but, that's how you uh, start a business. You solve a problem. No, yeah, exactly. Right that's, no, that's crazy. But talk talk about this for a second. Just for the, for the, like I said, this may be a lot of people first um, time um, hearing of you. And they might be like, what? Like, he must come from money. He must be like some kind of spoiled brat. So, like, yeah. talk about your background and how you came up. Yeah, so I grew up in uh, High Point, North Carolina. It's very small. Well, not small town, but it's a uh, very under, you know, low low income area. Me, my dad, my three step brothers, my stepmom, six hundred square foot house, two bedrooms, two dogs. <laughs> I uh, immediately got a job. Six sixteen years old, I was working at a gas station. Hated it. Three hundred bucks every two weeks. Mm. I remember thinking like, damn, I gotta if I work two overshifts, I can make five hundred bucks this month. That was sucked. Uh, I went to high school um, in High Point. Grew up, went on a full track scholarship to North Carolina A and T. Dropped out after a year because I started making a little bit of money. But yeah, I mean, my my uh, I'm the breadwinner of my family. Like I, I'm, I put my dad on payroll for Christmas this year. I bought a lake house for him. Like I, everything I'm doing is for for my family. Like I didn't know like any of this lifestyle. My my nicest car in high school was a Mazda. You know what I'm saying? Like I didn't know what a Lambo looked like. I, shit, I don't even think I ever got to see a Lambo until I was 20. Mm. And then the next year I was buying one, was you buying know? One. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was, I mean, I had nothing and didn't have a trust fund, didn't have anything like that. I was, I am my own trust fund for sure. I tell everybody. You made your own. Yeah, exactly. I'm my, but now my family, my kids will have trust funds. Mm-hmm. My generations, like that's now, that's my thing is like mm. when I die, because the world's crazy right now, who, who's going to remember me? I, I want to have my name on buildings. You know, mm-hmm. I want to, I want to have halls and colleges that I didn't attend, you know, <laughs> but uh yeah, I mean, we, I didn't have anything. I didn't, but I also wasn't broke, poor. You know, I mean, I, my dad did really well for, with what he could. You know, mm-hmm. I had two meals every day. I had clothes on my back. I didn't have Jordans. I didn't have Nike. But mm-hmm. you know, those Walmart shoes were still the basics. Comfortable. Yeah, I had enough. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and and he's been really supportive all my life. When I told him I was dropping out, you know, he was all right. Do it. You know, and I got you if you need somewhere to live. And mm-hmm. six months if it doesn't work out, it's cool. So he's always been super supportive of me. Um, I remember when I made my first like million dollars in a week. He like he looked at me. He's like, "What are you doing? Like, you still you're still selling real estate?" Because he he thought I was an agent for so long. Because <laughs> when life starts going, you you don't. I didn't get to call him every week and say, "Hey, this is the new business I started." I didn't want to do that anyways. I didn't want to jinx stuff. But you know, it was a big deal for me to be able to you know put him on payroll. And I'm like restoring his first car right now, a, a 1969 Chevrolet Nova. So like I'm doing it all for him. Like gonna give it to him as a gift. But uh, yeah, I mean we. Didn't come from much, but I had enough. For you had sure. enough. But talk like we 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 gotta we gotta touch on that million dollars in yeah. a week. We just can't let that like slide by. You know when, when you hear that people when you say that people are gonna be like hold on hold on you gotta ask them how you do that. So how like how did you make a million dollars in a week? Yeah. So my first seven figure week was a, com- a combination of real estate deals and uh, launching our first private private brand. So we sold our first private brand, which was uh, still in the nutraceutical area. Uh, it was um, apple cider vinegar gummies. We sold that up to a larger company that engulfed us. And then I sold like four uh, large new new construction townhomes that we had built. So me and every, every partner involved made about a million dollars that week. Uh, it was cool. But like, again, money is not everything. Right. We, we personally, I've learned that like you can be up a million this week and down a million next week. It's really just at the end of the day, like, you know, peace of mind and, and I, uh, I talk about that, and I was talking about that earlier to you. I've come to a point in my life that the dollars and cents don't matter. I just want peace of mind. That's mm. priceless to me. I want to know that my bills are paid. I want to know yep. that the, my immediate circle bills are paid. I want to know that all that's taken oh, care that's of good. and make sure that they're paid. 
and you know that can be as little as you know five grand a month from an Amazon store for some people. My 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 bills are a little bit different, but peace of mind is priceless because when you have peace of mind, you have the ability to go do great things. Right if you know your bills are paid, you can take that risk and start that new business, or you can take that risk and invest in that new company. Uh, and those can be those life-changing investments. But if you don't have peace of mind, you don't know when your rents can get paid or you don't know how you're going to pay for your dog's vet bills. Right. You can't go do anything above and beyond because you don't even have the peace of mind of living just what you need, you know? So that's really important to me is having that and giving that to the people around me. Mm, I, I, I love that. And what do you, what do you, what's up, do you want to say something? I was going to say, go okay. I was going to say, um, what do you think is the biggest difference between you and your peers? You know, obviously most of your peers or people your age not, Nowhere in the same position you in, but what? So what do you think is that biggest difference between you and them? Yeah, I, I, I don't think I'm special by any means. I don't think I was extra smart or extra anything. I think that, again, we get back to that thing is like I would try anything until it worked, and then um, once it worked, I don't stop. You know, like I, I do have some nice stuff now, but I mean, I was making a couple million dollars a year and still driving a, a C-class Mercedes that I paid cash for. You know that. Um, so I've always reinvested in the businesses I've been in and, and that's the most important thing to me is reputation. So like in any of our businesses, I reinvest until they're perfect and then I pay myself a little bit. So that's been important. You know, it, it's easy to get caught up in this lifestyle and want to go to the club every night and spend $30,000 or want to have the newest Lamborghini that comes out. I and mean, maybe you can afford it now, but if you're not setting those paving stones to live the lifestyle for the rest of your life, that's a fact. I, I don't want to be a one year superstar. Exactly. I'm trying to live a really nice life for the next hundred years you know nice. and then for my family and my kids etc so that's the only thing i think that i realized really early on what it felt like to have nothing and i wanted to make sure i could continue to have everything i wanted for the rest of my life so whenever i make a purchase or an investment i think about that as like how's this going to affect my grandkids do i need mm. that new car right now or do i need to put another hundred grand into some type of investment and then have that investment pay for that pay car, for the car. Mm -hmm. mm. i wanted to ask you because like listening to you talk and you said that you know money isn't really the goal anymore it's like mm -hmm. it's different things in your life but at what point did you start to feel that disconnect with money because you know when people are starting from the bottom they're so driven by the money and they're so hungry for it and it's all they could think about but it's like at what point does that stop and you start to feel like more relaxed yeah, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't even call it relaxed. I'm still very, very like stressed out and like <laughs> always grinding, you know, like I, even we were talking about, like we got a million plays to make money. Yep. Um, but I think once I realized, and this is of like this year, I don't even know that it changed since I was 22. Like it might've changed in the last six months. Once I realized the money comes and goes and the only thing that really matters is if you know how to make it, you know, I could lose half a million dollars a day and I'm going to be able to make a million in 30 days, you know? Um, then you realize, okay, well, that that's going to come regardless. But when I chase it, it's even harder to come because you're fixated on it. But when I realize, okay, again, I got that peace of mind. I got that, you know, 30, 40 grand a month coming mm -hmm. in every month. Now I can focus on stuff that I'm passionate about. I can focus on stuff that I, that actually cares. The money comes a lot easier. Mm -hmm. It comes in a lot more abundance. Yep. So like when I, when I had a couple million dollars in, in different assets, you know, never really in cash because I tried to invest. Uh, and I knew I was good. Like, and we were talking about it. Like, I stopped looking at what stuff costs. Like, I used to look at, you know, great value. That was all I was buying. And now I can afford the Oreos. You know, I, I, <laughs> my girlfriend go, takes my Amex to the to the grocery store. I don't look at what she spent because mm -hmm. I know I got it. You yep. know, mm -hmm. then the money just started pouring in. And like the last, you know, two years, I sit down with my CPA every quarter, and he's like, "Damn, Dawson, this is how much money you made this year." And I'm like, "I, I didn't know I made that much money because I'm not looking at it." Keep your head down. Yeah, and I'm keeping – all I look at is who did I impact. Because, mm -hmm. again, if I made $100 million today, I, I didn't do anything for these viewers. I didn't do anything for you guys. I, cool, Dawson Gant made $100 million. But when my best guy makes $10 million a year, my partners are making $100 million a year, and the people that I do business with are making $1 million a year, that's a legacy. And the legacies are Indeed. never forgotten. Never. Mm -hmm. you, don't, you don't care about what somebody has in their bank account because it doesn't affect you. Mm, that's a fact. That's a fact. You care about what they then inspired you? you, what they did for you, but the they impact motivate. they had on you. The impact yeah. they had on that man. That's a, um. You talking? You talking some? You talking some <laughs> shit, man? And I want to um. I want to touch on this real uh quick because I remember last time we had you on the uh the the automation stores was fifty thousand mm. dollars, but we was talking earlier. You were saying now they at a lower price. So do you mind just talking about that? Yeah, so we, we were charging 50000 for Walmart and Amazon. Now we're charging 30000 for Walmart and Amazon. Uh, the biggest thing that we realized after having another nine months to work in this business is we could develop software to automate certain things that mm -hmm. we don't have to have employees for. So 
could I sell it for 50000 Probably. Uh, would it sell a ton? Probably. But at the end of the day, we, we want to give peace of mind to our clients. Exactly. So $30,000 and a little bit less credit because we developed the, the systems and software to provide the same results uh, helps our clients make their money faster. So what we thought about was like, yeah, could we hit the next 100 clients for $50,000 and would they pay it? Probably. We don't ever have a problem with that. But if we gave it to them for $30,000, they're going to make their money back that much faster and then they're going to tell everybody about it. So we realized that we could we could actually do it for cheaper and it wouldn't really affect us that much. And then in the long run, it would provide better results for our clients and better peace of mind. So we just, you know, we started talking about that and uh, developed the software to, to take a lot of the day-to-day human stuff out. And that's, you know, increased our savings and the, the startup of the store. So it's only fair to give it to our clients as mm-hmm. well. Um, so, you know, typically it's 35, but anybody that mentions your podcast and maybe we'll throw like a code in there. So we know that they actually listen to your full podcast. (laughs) Uh, we'll do it for 30 for them just because we want to, we want to show love too. Say less, man. Just, we're going to do it. We're going to put that code. We're going to put the, um, what was I going to say? The link in the description of the podcast episode. So for the people, cause that's, that's dope, man. That's a, um, that's, that's good passive money for people, man. Yeah. They put up 30 K and it can make four or five figures. Yeah, four or five figures. Again, mm-hmm. we go back to that peace of mind thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, that that's somebody's mortgage. That's no, somebody's facts. car note, and then they can, you know, go do something else, right? So, or or increase their income, right? Because that's, mm-hmm. that's the name of the game, trying to get as much residual coming in income mm-hmm. than, than making a bunch of one big licks, you know? Mm-hmm. I wanted to ask you, because, like, um, one thing I love, like, when you talk about the business, you guys are really client-driven, and you put a lot of emphasis on making sure your clients are taken care of. And I feel like for businesses, that's like a really good quality to have sure, if you yeah. want to survive for the long term. So for you guys, like, what's the mentality behind that? And can you give some advice to the entrepreneur out there who may be building or, in, you know, in a good spot with their business, but want to improve their relationship with their clients? Yeah, I think that the biggest thing, because obviously this is a business, right? And and if anyone got the feeling that this is some type of money printer off in the corner, you give me 30 grand, I give you five grand a month. That's If it was, I wouldn't tell anybody about it. I have that thing printed for right. me. Uh, <laughs> so things go wrong, right? They're, they're Amazon, Walmart change terms of service all the time. Uh, and when things go wrong, you want to be a part of a, you want to have paid someone that's going to call you and say, Hey, this is what's going wrong. Here's how we're going to fix it. We got this. Uh, and we noticed that, you know, stuff does go wrong, but we never had clients upset with us because we always got ahead of it and all of our clients are making money. And then when things do go wrong, we handle it. Right. So our reputation is so important to us because this business is really important, but our name's important for the next business. Our name's important for the next business deal. So I, I even if it's $30,000, which may not be a lot to me, that's worth millions to me in my name. Because one bad review, one bad person can ruin your next 100 years of, of attempted business, right? Yep. Like, let's say I, I did your cousin wrong. Mm-hmm. You heard about it. And now I'm trying to do a huge million-dollar deal with you. And you're like, nah, nah. you fucked my cousin over $30,000. Yep. Mm-hmm. Now I can't do the business with you. So no price is worth my name. Mm-hmm. I think my name's worth trillions of dollars. Mm-hmm. And I would always do something to protect that. And there's been times where we've done stuff for our clients that we maybe didn't have to contractually or or even morally. We didn't really have to do it. But at the end of the day, we want all of our clients to be happy and making right. money because that multiplies our ability to take on more clients and happy clients tell people and, you know, referrals, stuff like that. So I just think when I used to work at a restaurant in college before I started making any money, I had this boss that always said, hey, the, the customer is always right. And I always thought I was like, oh, that's a cliche saying, but it is true. When someone spends money with you, you have to take care of them like they spent. It doesn't matter if they spend a dollar or a hundred million. You got to treat them like they spent a hundred million, and that's the only way to continue to nurture relationships. Because we've done we've done huge business deals with potential with clients. They get a store with us, then they they email us on a random day like, "Hey, I got this really good idea. I need ten grand of seed money," and then it turns into a hundred thousand dollar a month business. Yeah, you know that's really powerful. You know, had we, you know, he has a hiccup with his credit card or something, and we don't we brush it right. off. We don't take care of him. We never got that opportunity. Mm-hmm. So I always look at missed opportunities and I try to, you know, make sure I'm taking full advantage of all opportunities. And if there are some to miss, I, you know, mitigate that by treating my clients as, you know, golden as possible. Mm, no, that's, I like that because I think a lot of people don't realize how much money opportunities they miss out on by not, not taking care of the people they're dealing with every day. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes you might just take people for granted or might not know who this person knows and they might be having a crazy opportunity for you, but the way you handle them is a turn off and they're like, nah, I'm not going to bless them with this opportunity. I'm good. Yep. Yeah. I want to ask you another question because obviously to make money, you need the products to sell. So without going into 
all you guys' secrets, but what do you guys kind of have in place to help the product sell more? Yeah, so the, the really cool thing about online marketplaces is it's all metrics. It's all algorithms and things like that. So we have a pricing tool that we've developed in-house that makes sure that we're the best pricing on the website because at the end of the day, you're buying a 12-pack of water. If it's Dasani, you don't care if it's $13 or $10, you're going to buy the $10 one because it's the same brand. It's the same product. So right. we make sure that we can be the most competitively priced and still make money with our supplier costs. So that's really how we did it. We just, I mean, each store has 300 items, but we may have access to 10, 15 million items, but those just aren't profitable. So we go through it mm -hmm. like that. And then we also make sure that's kind of in the ramp up period that your store has stellar reviews. So we, in that six months where, slows, uh, where sales might be a little bit slow, we're building reviews, right? You might even lose a dollar on one product to get an A-plus review. Mm. And then Amazon's going to show your products first because they trust you. Just like I care about my reputation, Amazon's mm -hmm. letting us sell on their, their website, and it looks like you're kind of buying from Amazon. So if they mm. have a problem, it reflects negatively on Amazon. So they reward good sellers. Mm. So we make sure that all of our clients are really good sellers by proprietary ways of like pricing, uh, making sure we put certain products on that maybe aren't super profitable at first, but they get a ton of good reviews, right? So like no one's going to review cat litter, but they might review the next hot thing. We only maybe make 10% on that one, or we may even lose a dollar. But if it gets 10 solid reviews and pushes us up and ranks as sellers, and now you're on the front page. So mm. we do stuff like that. Uh, and there's a couple other small tricks like that that just really helps and, you know, assist them to be first of the page in their product yes, category. Sir. What's the, uh, for that 30K to start, what's the credit limit you got to have? So we, we can do, um, for Amazon, $10,000. Okay. So you only need to have a $10,000 credit. Okay. We recommend business credit. Um, obviously, you can do personal credit, but business credit is the safest. Uh, and then, you know, in the first six months, you only maybe use five dollars $6,000 of that. It's getting paid back every two weeks. And then as the business is working for you, you start seeing some money. Obviously, we, we, you know, we recommend going and getting more credit. But it's a lot easier to go get more credit when you have a working business model. Mm. Have you had clients who started with one store and scaled up and gotten like a fleet of them? Yeah, so we uh, we have one client that has eight stores right now. Eight? Yeah, five Walmart, three Amazon. No, sorry, five Amazon, three Walmart. And he's a going crazy. Yeah, he owns a ton of clubs in Scottsdale. And, you know, he makes 75 grand a store a month, I think. But he's got an unlimited black card and he just runs it up. But, right. yeah, I mean, we recommend everyone to start with Amazon because it makes your approval process on Walmart a lot easier. Uh, so if you bought like an Amazon and did six months on Amazon, it was working really well. We can get you approved on Walmart in like a week and get you selling on Walmart uh, a lot faster. Mm. I when it comes to um, business and all the success you had at this young age, what do you think are the biggest challenges for you right now at this point? Yeah, I think balance is a huge challenge for me and it still is uh, balancing, you know, work life and work, private work life and private life and not bringing it home. Uh, and then also, you know, I'm a young guy, so. You know, I was hiring young guys and girls and, like, want to be friends with them, hang out with them, take them to the bar after work. But understanding that, like, hey, that's an employee. You, you can't be you your can't friend because when you're a friend with somebody, maybe they screw you over or they, you know, they abuse that relationship. Mm. So that, yeah, balance and understanding that was really, really tough for me. And then shiny, shiny object syndrome, you know, like I see guys on, you know, Instagram buying the newest car and, like, I know I can go buy it. I know I can go buy that big house. I know I can afford it. But I know that's not what my long-term plan is. So having to, you know, throttle myself down, even though it may not look like I do to some people, I do. You know, there's a lot of things I've wanted to buy, watches, stuff like that, that I'm like, I, I can wait. So, you know, just, just understanding that self-control has been big for me. And mm. I would be lying if I said I don't struggle with it. Because there's sometimes, you know, you see some dude post a brand new Lambo, you're like, damn, I could go do that. I could flex. I'll go, I'll go yeah. get one too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But how, how do you know when that's the time to... Um Cause I feel like a lot of people struggle with this too, knowing like, all right, it's the time I can spoil myself a little bit. How do you know when it's, it's the time is right to do that? I set goals. So it's a big thing. Like, you know, every year, you know, I know I want a new car every year, two new cars every year. So I set like, you know, measurable goals, revenue for companies or like, you know, we're starting a new company. I wanted to get it to X amount of revenue before I'll even treat myself. Um, so that's what I've started doing. I didn't, didn't used to do it. And I, that was like, Probably the first time we talked, maybe the second time when I had the McLaren, I bought like 12 cars in a year. I forgot you had a McLaren. Yeah, I had two of them. Yeah. See, nobody remembers because I, I buy all these damn cars. <laughs> but, uh, 12 in a year. Yeah, 12 in a year. I got in trouble from the DMV because they thought I was operating a dealership. I got like a $5,000 fine for that because... Wait, hold on, oh wait. God. Hold on, wait. Yeah, I, we, I think it was like my third episode with you guys. I got a $5,000 fine from the DMV because I was buying and selling cars so fast. They thought I was like buying them, putting them in my personal name and not holding... They thought I had a damn dealer's lot. 
you can't do that legally. Oh, you can't do it. See, I didn't know that. Yeah, you, there's like I think it's seven in a year, and I was like five over that. So well, what's wrong with it? Like, what if you was doing it? They want to get their dealership tax. Oh, okay, you. okay, yeah. okay, okay. So That's yeah, I mean, crazy. I, I had a time like that, and then I, I mean, I've had some lapse in judgment. Like, I'm really big into dunks, like the all white dunks yeah. and shit, and like I probably got like sixty pairs of shoes. But now I like I won't buy a new shoe until we hit like a certain month every month, you know. And it's 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 like that for me. I might go spend five grand on a shoe, five grand on shoes. So I don't buy five thousand dollar pair of shoes. I think that's silly. But uh, like Nikes and shit. Um, but I won't go do that until we hit a, a huge sale month for all of our clients. Or or I flipped a certain amount of deals. Like we're buying six luxury duplexes. We're gonna build them ground up. And after I do that, I'm gonna go get a Rolls Royce. But that that those deals alone is gonna net you know, close to one five for each of our partners. And there's me, Brandon and Tyler in it. So, you know, I can go afford to spend $300,000 on a car because I'm, but I'm, I invested 500 to make 1.5 and I set that goal. And once it's done, I'll go buy that car. But could I go buy it today? Yeah, sure. I'd go buy it right now. But it's, mm. I, at some point that stops to serve you. There's not, right, right, the cars right. are no longer serving you because everybody knows that you look at my Instagram, you know, I own an exotic car. That's no longer helping my brand. That's no longer helping me market myself. At some point, you're just doing it for your ego. And I think that's really important, too, separating your ego out of stuff. Mm, that's mm -hmm. tough. Yeah. That's tough to do. I want to ask you, uh, on the topic of partnerships, because you talk about Brandon and Tyler a lot, and I think it's really dope what you guys are doing together. But, you know, um, it's not always easy having partnerships. You know, no. it takes a lot of trust. It takes a lot of a lot that goes into it to make a partnership successful. Can yeah. you let us know, like, what do you think the keys are to a successful partnership? Yeah. So I'm never going to lie on this show. Me and Brandon and Tyler get into arguments once a week. <laughs> and it's always me. I'm very passionate about stuff. Mm -hmm. So, like, we'll have one small issue. Tyler and Brandon are very – Tyler the most. He gets under my skin. He's super chill. He's, something goes wrong. I think it's, you know, red, red emergency, like the, the fucking roof's caving in. He's like, man, I'm going to get it handled. I hate that <laughs> shit. I'm like, bro, no, get it handled right now. I need to see you getting it handled. But we've, they know that about me. Like, they know when I flip out, in the, like, when I tell our employees, hey, you need to step out of the office, I'm about to have a conversation with our two partners, they already know that, like, what I say is not out of anger. It's out of, like, pure emotion, and they know right. it's because I'm invested in the business and I want us to succeed. So they're able to, they're able to kind of cope with that, and now I've gotten better, you know, because we've only been doing business together for two, three years, and we've made millions of dollars. So it's mm -hmm. a lot on, and we, now they do real estate with me, we invest in all new businesses together. Like we're, we're married for life. Um, so like we kind of learned each other. Like they know that sometimes I got to like get that out of me and I know that they're still going to do their job. But like sometimes, you know, they come in an hour late. I'm at the office at 7 a.m. every day because mm -hmm. I love the fucking work. Yeah, I love it. But if they want to come in at 10 a.m., you know, that's on them as long as they're yeah. getting to the work. I'm not their dad, the right. but it took me some time to realize that. So now, you know, um, we've built a lot of trust together. There's been investments that go bad. There's been investments that we invest in other things that go bad. But we're at the end of the day, like, to give you an example, we invested in some stuff that went sour. And uh, we were in the room last week together and, like, figuring out what we were going to do. You know, it was a personal investment we did, nothing related to our companies. And they looked at me and, like, you know, kind of helped me. They're like, Dawson, we know who you are as a person. We know we're going to be fine. Like, mm -hmm. we, we're confident in the ability of us three. And we are. Like, it's already getting handled. But um, that's been big because when I started real estate, I had a partner. I feel like I told you probably on the first podcast, we talked about oh, that a little yeah. bit. Yeah, it was a terrible relationship. Mm -hmm. I did all the work. He had provided no value. And that ended in like six months. But we, but now I've learned from that and I did my own thing and built a lot of success on my own. And now, you know, when we came together, me, Brandon, and Tyler, we realized like, okay, there's, there's actual value from each, each segment. And then another big thing is I think proper paperwork. You know, we have everything in writing. Mm -hmm. If I were to die today, they know how the company's going to be split up. If, if, one of us gets married and people don't think they need to do that when they're bootstrapping a business, but you have to do it. I've learned lesson over lesson. If you don't spend a couple thousand dollars to have the right paperwork when your business is worth nothing, mm. you're going to lose millions when your business is worth millions. You're going to be arguing over. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So we don't even have to, you know, if, if it were to get that bad, we have a piece of paper that tells us how this happens. What's going on. Exactly. So mm -hmm. we, you know, even to this day, I learned lessons about contracts. That's smart. That's smart that you didn't have to go through, um, the BS to figure that out. You figured it out early. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? What, did you get counsel on that or like, well, on, on like on how to go about that? Yeah, we have a full legal team now. Okay. Um, but when I first started, I feel like my operating agreement with my first partner was like off of PDF.com. Right, right, right. You know, if we'd actually been making millions of dollars, which my real estate company turned out to do, he would have been entitled, you know, to millions of dollars to everything I do. Um, so 
I was lucky that we were only making like, we were still making like 30 grand a month. That's good and money. We, we parted ways and like, you know, love the guy, not really, but like he does okay for himself. He's still a real estate agent. <laughs> He's stupid. But he doesn't have two supercars. And I'm like, damn, I'd have had to give him half of my shit. That's yeah. crazy. So yeah. now like, you know, it's, it's important to have good legal counsel and, you know, you don't have to have it when you're starting your business. You haven't made any money, but I'd say when you make your first $50,000, you need to go get a legal team because mm-hmm. everybody makes it seem like they're so expensive. Mm-hmm. We probably pay our legal team about $100,000 a year, uh, which is a lot of money, but they've saved us millions and they pulled us out of bad deals. And so multiple millions of dollars that we've saved. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like most legal teams is two, 300 bucks an hour, but they know their stuff. They so they're, they're going to get done in two hours. It's going to save you several hundred thousand dollars. So I think when everybody makes 50 grand, Go get a legal team, get everything in writing, um, and that's very important. What, what's your, um, out of all the businesses you've done and are doing, what's your favorite favorite venture and why? I think that it's probably tied between, um, I like the car dealership because I can have free cars. That's cool. Uh, but they don't. we don't really stock stuff that I like to drive, so I don't end up driving. Like, we drove that Porsche GT3 RS. I drove it for, like, a week. Uh, but right now... The e-commerce business because we're we're making such large strides and like it's really cool to figure stuff out and not only us make more money but our clients make more money because of it so i enjoy that i enjoy building the business side of stuff uh that's definitely my favorite and then we really even last time we talked i've I've, uh, dove into new construction really heavy i love new construction real estate i don't really like flipping i couldn't tell you that i've done a wholesale contract in 30 days because i buy everything now but i love new construction that's the only time you can come in and create your own equity, create your own, yeah. create your own profit. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to pull this wall down and find mold because I'm building the wall. You know what I'm saying? There's really no, if you have the capital to start, there's no hiccups. So I love new construction. We're crushing it with that. Mm-hmm. Um, we are starting to get involved in like NFTs and crypto. So that's exciting. I just like learning new stuff mm-hmm. and figuring out how to integrate it with the stuff I already know how to do. That's a big thing for me. Learning stuff that can, you know, you make an NFT right now, you might make three, $4 million dollars. What if you get integrated with the business you're already really good at, you know, because the world's going into this, this different virtual world. Like I'm, I'm fucking, 3.0. Yeah. I'm hanging out in Decentraland with a little block character. that looks like Sims. I'm like, how right. are people spending $2 million on a piece of land? I'm like, well, people didn't think Manhattan was gonna be $2 million a piece yeah. of land. Now you can't buy a square. On buy a square of it. So I like that. I like learning new stuff. And like, I feel like we're in a generation now where you can make, there are people that have came up on tens of millions of dollars in a year. So we're in a generation or in a time period. It's like a gold rush. So we're trying to educate ourselves and everything and not put, let off the gas on the stuff that works for us now. Mm, oh, oh, sorry. <laughs> no, I was going to say, it's definitely it's definitely a gold rush. There's so much opportunity and it's so many niches. Like, it, 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 it's ridiculous, man. Especially when you talk about what's going on with, when you talk about NFTs and Web 3.0, the central land and stuff like that. It's getting, it's about to get, uh, it's already out of out of hand, but it's going to get even, as more more people get aware of it, it's going to get even crazier, yeah. man. Yeah, what's like 10% of people know right now? Yeah, I think it's less than that. And I feel like the people with the real money have no clue. You've no got clue. these billionaires that are so stuck They still stuck being conservative. Up. They still yeah. like, uh, you know, I'm leaving my stuff in this um, S&P 500 and all that, which is cool, but when they... When they realize there's money in it, that's going to help us, the people that have already got a little bit of that pie, skyrocket. Exactly. And all this is going to take is their kids and grandkids to convince them. Like, hey, yeah. look, Dad, look at this this thing called Bitcoin. He, 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 well, they probably already know about it, but it's like, you need to take this leap and go ahead and put yep. a couple million in it. He's like, all right, son, that's it. I'm going to do it. And now? Mm-hmm. They telling all their friends, now, you know, that's how I go. What you going to say, D? Uh, I wanted to ask you, um, kind of back to the Amazon and Walmart stores, because I had never heard of like having your own store mm-hmm. until I found out you were doing it. Yeah. And I know it's probably a lot more people in that position. I've known about it like for a year now, but I know, I know it's a lot of people who have no idea. So with this, can you like let us know like how long has this type of business been around? And overall, like what's the stability of it? Because yeah. for me, it still feels new. So for yeah. other people, long term, like what's how the, long? yeah, is it yeah. a long term business? So the biggest thing for us, it is extremely long-term business. So we, we encourage all of our clients to say, Hey, the first year is like you, you starting a restaurant, you mm-hmm. know, we're going to, we're going to be your best consultants. Cause I said, at the end of the day, that's what we are. We're your guide down this path. Um, but we're really growing the foundation for, you know, a hundred thousand dollar a month business. That's what we, all our clients, we wanted them to spend a hundred grand a month because we know they can make some serious money then. Um, but you know, people have been doing online sales for 15, 20 years, uh, um, and we were doing like done for you, like we handle all the crappy stuff for people, you know, probably pretty early. Now you've got like the automation thing. But the problem is 
is when you talk about longevity is, is you want everybody to be in house. There's a lot of guys out here offering a similar service, but their whole team's in Bangladesh or their whole team's in the Philippines. Mm-hmm. Well, the Philippines just had a huge category four tropical storm. All my Filipino VAs are out of work for the next two weeks. Imagine if they're man- managing your online store. They don't have an office. It's some kid on Miami with a Lambo saying, hey, come buy a store from me. Right. Um, they don't have a real, they, they've never ran a real business. Um, but yeah, as far as longevity, we've seen in the last three years, it skyrocket um, the amount of online sales, but it's still only like 9%. Mm-hmm. Of all commerce, is still only 9% of e-commerce, 9 or 10% the last time we talked. Um, so we see, you know, even if it takes up half of the market, imagine how many people are going to need a product online. Like my grandmother, when COVID happened, she stopped going out. She was ordering everything off Amazon because she didn't want to get COVID, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's what's going to happen. As, as your older people adopt it and the younger people that are already involved get older and start spending real money, it's going to increase. And um, another big thing is like, well, people, why doesn't Walmart or Amazon just handle it? They can't handle the supply chain. As much as Amazon builds their warehouses and things like that, they rely on people like us to sell products on there. They can ship direct from warehouse because they don't have enough warehouses to fill, fulfill the orders. Right. So it's, a, it's like a you know, very symbiotic relationship with Amazon and our clients and big sellers like us for our private label get a ton of perks from Amazon for selling because they want us. They, they encourage us to do it. Um, but we do it the right way. There's a lot of ways to do it the wrong way and, and violate terms of service. And that's where you see people, you know, invest in $40,000 and their mm-hmm. account goes down and they don't know what to do. But, uh, you know, we have a full legal team that's for our Amazon clients, uh, like a council that gets them unsuspended because it does happen. Right, right, Amazon right. cares so deeply about their metrics. You miss one or two, you know, like a UPS truck gets blown up or something and flips over. You miss one or two shipments. They want to suspend your store. But we have a team of, of actual attorneys that we keep on retainer outside of our council that talks to Amazon every week and sends a uh, plan of actions and stuff like that. That's crazy. So when I invest, I want to know that I'm in the best sector. Like, you know, if, if there's a construction company, I want to invest with the best construction company. If there's a tech company. I want to invest with the te- best tech company that has my best interest at heart yeah. and has the ability to protect me when shit goes south. Cause shit always goes south. Anybody that's promising you a business that nothing wrong happens, probably a Ponzi scheme. <laughs> so, um, that's a fact. Yeah. So, <laughs> Y'all funny. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, buddy, man. But I forgot I lost my train of thought for a second. That was uh, you, you threw me a little curve. Or you had something? Oh, I asked another question. So, um, something I kind of said earlier, but a huge part of business is solving problems. And I feel like with your businesses, you've solved like multiple problems. But I feel like a lot of people struggle with finding the problem to mm-hmm. solve. So, how do you guys do it? Yeah. So we, have really, to be honest, a really good example. Um is the web three stuff, right? So I was like, man, like I keep seeing people that are not as driven as me, don't have as much money as me, making way more money in a week than I've ever made, you know, 10, $15 million. So I immediately sought after three or four people that are really big in the space. One person that you know, hired him as a consultant. And I said, okay, what, what's not happening? Because everybody's so worried about making their money as an NFT or making their money investing as a, as a crypto, right? They're worried about me, 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 me. Yep. We we're in the process of developing software it solves problems for a ton of people investing in crypto or a ton of people doing NFTs. So we literally sat in a room and we were like, what, what do people need that invest in crypto? What are they seeking? Maybe they're seeking mm-hmm. the cutting edge. Maybe they're seeking more information, et cetera, et cetera. And we started doing that. And that's what I've done in every business, right? Like with the uh, online automation stuff, right? The DFY stuff. I wanted to have an Amazon store. I didn't know what to do. And I also realized that I didn't have time to start a completely separate business. So my solution was, well, I would love to be able to hire a team, hire people that are experienced in the company or experienced in the world of, of you know, e-commerce online sales and kind of automate that out. So we did it. Then we did it for 10 or 15 friends and family. Brandon and Tyler started doing it. And we're like, oh, okay, this is a service. I think the most money is in services. Mm. So those are the services and SAS is services as a software um, sell for 15x multiples on, on like private equity. That's the only companies that sell for above 10x really. My real estate company wouldn't sell for more than 3x. Uh, you know, any company you can think of probably sells for less than 10x. But mm. services always sell for the most because when you help a m- bunch of people, it's okay to make a little bit of money. Because mm-hmm. when you solve a problem, right, you should get paid to do it. Mm-hmm. That's a fact. But at scale, you make the most money. Because even if I develop some software, I charge you guys 100 bucks a month. But if it solves a million dollars a month worth of problems, problems, I can sign up a million people and I can sell that for 100 million. That's kind of where my direction on everything's going. I'm always looking for a problem to solve. Mm. Mm, no. That's a good answer. No, that's no, that's 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 
that's a um, gem of people paying attention that's in business, that's thinking about going to business. If you could solve, excuse me, if you could solve the most problems, because at the end of the day, you all, we all in business to make a flip. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. you, you, nobody, on, I can't think of nobody that wants to have a company forever. It's yeah. always like, let's build this up, sell Excellent. it. Make an exit and do it. Do it again. I'm pretty sure that's you guys' for sure. Yeah, strategy yeah. I mean, that's what everything we look at now, even down to the real estate. My first thing is, can I flip this? Mm-hmm. Can I flip this house, or do I have to rent it forever? If I had to rent it forever, I probably don't want to do that. Exactly. Is anybody still pushing this rental thing, where I make one percent a month, and interest or uh, inflation is net damn near seven percent a year? Seven percent a year. Yeah. Why would I do that? I want to flip it. I want to get out of it. And any business. I want it to be packageable to be sold to big companies that want to engulf it. I don't want to manage 10 Fortune 500 companies. I want to be on the beach. That's what exactly. my lifestyle is, what I want to do. So, yeah, I mean, I think that people really overlook that. You know, we have a guy that, uh, you know, just being around people, we have a guy that comes to wash all our cars, right? And uh, he figured out, he's a detailer, he's a mobile detailer. He figured out a way to do a payment processor strictly for mobile detail guys that factors in the cost of each car, right? Like, 10 ounces of soap, whatever. And he's not selling it. Like, he was like, oh, yeah, I just do this on my Excel sheet. We helped him do it in an app. He's not selling it to all the detailers. Guess how much money he's making detailing cars versus selling this to all the detailers. He's making a whole lot more money selling it as a service than breaking his back washing cars, you know? And we're not going to get any of that, but it was just, we're helping him. He's our boy, you know? But now he created a service because he found a problem in his company, and now he's making, you know, $10,000, $15,000 a month off a little, like, rinky-dinky Excel app. Mm. So I mean, you, you gotta think about stuff like that. Mm, that's that's crazy, yo. Mm-hmm. And um, what do you think? Like, because it seems like a lot of a lot of things when it comes to successful people in general, it comes down to um, being a competitor. And a lot of times, it ain't got nothing to do with anybody else. It got something to do with like yourself. Like you, you get motivated. Like on like I'm trying to trying to think of a way to describe this. Cause I get motiv- I get like motivated and like it kind of sometimes I look for things to get mm-hmm. like mad to be like to create shit yeah, up get in excited, my head. Yeah. Like, all right, now I got to go do this now. So how do you feel? Like, do you is you you have a competitive drive that you think fuels all the things you're doing? Yeah, I mean, I I think coming up and like running D D one track, you're always competitive. Are you running track? Yeah, I oh, yeah, that's yeah. what it, I, it, he forgot I forgot. Who I was. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'll be forgetting everything. <laughs> yo. Like I had competitive edge, but. When I get the most fired up, one thing I, and this is kind of about being competitive or competition in general, my biggest thing I tell people all the time, and now I'm hearing people say it, authenticity, if you're, if you're authentic, you have no competition. You don't. So I'm so focused on being authentic all the time that that fires me up. Yeah. Because, because I can guarantee it, there, there's been situations where I see people, they watch me on this podcast, they probably don't think I'm this person in real life. But I am. Mm-hmm. Like, see me at a bar or they see me pull up in the car I said I had and I actually have it. Then they're like, damn, okay, I want to go with this guy because he's legit. He's legit. Yeah, so I don't really feel like I have competition. But then on the flip side, like when you're saying when it fires you up, now I'm starting to see kids that are 19 it's, a year it's ahead of me. fucking killing. Yeah, making more money than I was at 21. So, yeah, I think that that fires me up, but it's not really competition. It's, it's future collaboration. It's collaboration, yeah. So I want to, I'm putting those kids on my radar or Tay, you know, our boy, he's on my radar. You're on my radar because I want to collaborate with you down the line mm-hmm. and I want to bring the most value possible. So if I know you're crushing in the podcast industry, I want to bring value to you. So that fires me up. How can I bring value to X down the road so we can have a mutual benefit, you know, a beneficial relationship in business? Yep. Because you think about Bezos, Elon, all those guys, they don't give a fuck. They don't, Elon is not worried about what Bezos is doing unless it's affecting his money. Mm-hmm. But then when, if they were to come together, they'd be running the world. No question. But people get this ego and they don't want to collaborate. I'm the first one. I'm probably in somebody's DM right now. Like, yo, bro, you're crushing in this industry. Can we talk? Good. Mm-hmm. I'll pay you good way. for your time, but I want to get in on that. Because mm-hmm. it, it might not be real estate. It might not be the managed services can make me a billion dollars, but I'll find it. And it's not going to be built by myself. You know, nice. I've made more money. My payroll is the highest it's ever been. And I'm making the most money I've ever made because I brought a team together brought a team. that collaborates. They're working right now on projects that I don't even have any idea about. It could be a million-dollar idea because they want to work together. They're collaborating. There's no ego in the office. Mm-hmm. And that's important. Man, no, collab- collaboration is everything, man. You, you team up with the right people with a common goal. Ain't no limit to um, whatever y'all can accomplish. And that's, it sounds cliche a lot of times. I know a lot of people hear that. Like, we hear that shit all the time. But it's true. And as a, as a man, especially, it's very hard 
to go to another grown man and be like, bro, I need your help. I need your help. Yep. Yeah, but there's a way to do it. It is. And when you figure that way out and you can suck up that ego the first couple of times, you can make a lot of money. Because, I mean, when I was burned by my first partner, I was like, fuck it, I'm going to run it up by myself, whatever. You know, I don't need nobody. Like, fuck everybody else. But I met Brandon and Tyler. And, you know, it really, that was their gig. You know, they were doing, e- they've been in e-commerce for 10 years. Right. I know how to scale a company. I know how to market. I know how to put systems in place. But I didn't know anything about e-commerce. Now, three years later, I'm on the podcast talking about our company, you know? Yep. At some point, I had to suck it up and be like, bro, like, I see what y'all are doing. I love it. Let me provide value. I wasn't on paper for the first six months. Mm. I was just working my ass working off, ass off. Mm. and running my million-dollar real estate company and, and running other companies. And I was working my ass off for their company. And they, obviously, I was getting paid for what I was doing. But I wasn't on paper as an owner. So for two and a half years, I've been an owner. We've 10X from that. But, you know, I had to provide value. And I was mm. okay to take that risk. Mm. A lot of people are so scared about getting fucked by the next guy. They're not willing to put their, you know, their arm out a little bit and be scared to get cut a little get bit. Get cut a little bit. But you could, you know, you want to live a lifestyle, you got to be doing, willing to do things that others won't. Yeah. Risk come with this. It, I tell people all the time, with this lifestyle, risk comes with it. And, and a lot of times, the risk is going to lead to an L. But that's the, um, you got to be open to accept that. The good yeah. and the bad, you got to be able to accept all this all shit. If you really want to live a life of abundance, you got to accept everything that come with it. It ain't going to be pretty all the time. You're going to take L's and you're going to take a lot of L's. A lot of, yeah. You're going to take a lot of L's on the journey, but a lot of times all it takes is one good W to... To, to propel you. To, exactly. Mm-hmm. There's risk and security. Okay? And, and I will never... If, if someone offered me $30 million a year as a salary employee, I'd probably take it. You know, if I could make more than what I was making every year net to me, I might take it. But there's a lot of people that you get thirty million. Thirty million to be an employee. Yeah, I do it. Okay, for sure. No net, no overhead. Thirty million after taxes, I'd probably take it because I could still invest that. I know what to do with it. It would be my platform. What about fifteen million? No, <laughs> no, yeah, not 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 net. Um, but there's a lot of risk and security. People get secure jobs at hundred grand a year, and they don't want anything more. Like we talk, I talk about bees a lot. She took her platform. I, I love her. We talk all the time now. She took her platform, and she didn't get stuck in the security. She continued to invest, and now she's retired, you know? But there's a lot of risk and security when you say, oh, I can live on 150 grand a year if I save five grand a month. But what if if you're destined to live on a million a year? Mm. But you got stuck in that little $150,000 bubble, and you didn't want anything else. There's a lot of time in every day. Nine to five is good if that's what – because I don't have an offer for nine to five. I don't got a degree. It is what it is. I got to make my money. You got to get out out here. But, you know, like you Tay, another good friend of ours – he makes really good money at his, mm-hmm. his nine to five, but he's not chilling after that. He's mm-hmm. working, he's, he's investing, working. he's finding new plays. Um, so I think, yeah, unless you, there's just that risk of people get secure and they stop. Mm-hmm. And then that, they got what, a kid, then they got, you know, they're married, they got a 401k, they're chilling, and they could have been so much more. And it's something oh, you kind of said, I th- which is very true, is I think that when you talk about, um, um, what, you, what was the saying you said? You said sec- something about. Security is risky. Yeah, security is risky because, like, if you think about it, that one hundred twenty, one hundred fifty thousand dollars salary, I think, in my opinion, that's probably like the most dangerous, dangerous area you can yeah. be because that area is like, okay, let's say if you're making fifty, sixty thousand, you know, like, I need to make more, more money. money. I'm yeah. barely, I'm barely could pay my bills. Like, I need to do something. But that one fifty area is like. You could pay your bills comfortably. You could take a vacation you every a nice now and car. then. Yep. Nice car. It makes you just chill. You don't think about, oh, I need to invest. I need to go hard. You just chilling. You know what I'm saying? So that's a um, that's a that's a that's a dangerous area to be yeah. in because it's that area can be super super comfortable. Like you'll see people get to that point, They're and they'll just they'll Auto be pilot. they'll be in that point for fucking twenty years just cruising mm-hmm. because they they got comfortable. Uh, compared to the person that's making forty fifty thousand. They're just like, man, they didn't bust up. They could have been making millions now. So, yeah, yeah. yeah that's a, that's the thing you will see a lot for sure. And uh, you had any other questions, D? I know I got one more question for him. Uh, you go first. So my, my final question was, and I like asking everybody uh, this question on here, what does um, wealth mean to you? Yeah, so I think every time I'm on here, my answer changes because I, <laughs> I, we were talking <laughs> about this tra- in the car. I evolve as a person. Yep. Um, I don't. I think that I have achieved some sort of wealth, and it's not the cars, it's not the amount of money in my pocket. Um, but what we talked about a lot today is risk and reward. Risk. I'm so wealthy now that I can take an L, and I can bounce back from it. And that's not because of my money, but that's because of people around me. Mm. I know that if I lose money today, 
I can call on somebody like you, somebody, my close inner circle, right? Yep. I can bounce right back. And that's wealthy because at the end of the day, Man. we can lose everything, but we got the people around us. Yep. We make it back so much quicker. Yep. So you're never going to be poor. I told you like, that, you know, an L we recently took. I didn't feel poor. I don't feel broke. I learned, but I know I'm going to make it right back. Make it right back. And mm-hmm. another part is the mentality. Yeah. Not only do you got the relationships, you got the mentality to be like, you know what I'm saying? You're not going to get too down on any bad situation. It's like, I'm still me at the end of the day. I'm yeah. still confident. I'm, I'm going to move forward. So and I think once you have that, that's true wealth because the money comes. Exactly. That's what we're talking about. The money doesn't really matter because it comes. It, it comes. comes. You get the car you want. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. I, I, I love that. And then wrapping up, I just want to <laughs> oh, say. Hold on. I have a final question. Up? And for you, I just want you to leave our listeners with one last piece of advice for that person who's listening. They're ready to take action. They just need that little piece push. of motivation, that push to get them over the edge, to get things going. What would you say to them? I would say that nothing happens when you're stationary. And like we said, there's That's risk and security. So if you're there, you're on the edge of the wall, take the leap. In the worst case, you're going to be right back where you started. But you can keep building. Well, that's a bar, you know, straight Great to the to point too. It. Straight, straight <laughs> to the point, man. And before, but before uh, we wrap up, I just want to say, man, we really appreciate you taking the time to come on. Every time you come on the show, we love it, man. We love been building with you these past couple of years. I appreciate you. We don't, like I said, we don't take none of this for granted. But before we let you go, you mind plugging in all your stuff where people can find you, follow you. If yep. they want to get started with the Amazon or Walmart store, what can they get? What can they do? All everything. Yep, perfect. So uh, it's just Dawson Gann across all social media uh, handles. And then if you do want to get a store, you want to talk about one of our sales guys, our account managers, it's dfycommerce.com. And if you mention Millionaire Mindsets 2021, we'll, uh, we'll hook you up with that discount. Mm-hmm. And we're going to have a link for y'all. We're going to have that right in the description of the podcast episode. And wrapping up, D, what's your info? You can follow me on Instagram at Deanna Kent, Twitter, Deanna S. Kent. And you can follow me on YouTube at Lessons in Life and Luxury. And you can find me on all platforms at Xavier C. Miller, that's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, uh, YouTube. And that's all we have for y'all on this episode of Millionaire Mindsets Podcast. See you guys next episode. Peace. Peace. You gotta get your brain right if you're trying to make a million dollars. If you ain't gonna do it for yourself, then do it for your mama. Only stay surrounded by them people. If you know they solid, elevate your hustle up today to double up your profit. Trying to learn some game, Xavier gonna talk about it. No Deanna, speak that shit that everybody vouching. Ain't no more excuses valid. Get up off the couch and get up in your bag. To your bank account, need an accountant.